Good morning. This is Alicia Bales. I'm live in the Ukiah studio with Michael Hunter. We're getting ready for Pomo Perspective this morning. And Michael's got an amazing story to tell this morning on Pomo Perspective. But first, we're going to ask you for your support. We're in day eight of our on-air fundraising drive here at KZYX. And you can make your donation online at kzyx.org. Michael, you want to say anything to listeners about why they should support KZYX and Pomo Perspective? Yes, it's the only radio show sharing Pomo Perspectives. We have to. We donate. We try to make sure we participate as Coyote Valley, but we also want to make sure that the community donates as well so we could you know, do more shows like we're doing right now. Yep, and we're going to hear your amazing story from the front lines out at Jackson Demonstration State Forest. Uh, and there have been some very dramatic developments in the Jackson State uh, struggle for over the last several days. We're going to talk about that as well. But in particular, you've been out in the woods yeah, I've been out there. <laughs> you know, let me tell you, that's so funny to me because I'm not like that. That's my mother, Priscilla Hunter. She does the activist side of the family, you know. And uh, I got myself out there in the middle of those woods, in the middle of nowhere. But before I tell that story, I want to kind of chronicalize the journey that I've been on for the, regarding the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. I was going to go back in... I believe it was April, early April, my mother, Priscilla Hunter, and Polly Gervin, my mother's partner, were asking me to go participate so I could see what is happening with Cal Fire logging and what they are doing to the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. Like I said, I'm not much of an activist. I work on a lot of policy, legislative, but a lot of economic development for my tribe. So I get out there. And we meet a great group of people on the coast, about 40 of us maybe. I don't really recall. And, um, and uh, Chad Swimmer with uh, Mendocino Trail Stewards, a good website, check that out. We, he takes us to one side of the road. Just, just remember, this is only about a mile in from Highway 1. Not far away out in the middle of the woods, but a mile in, right? He takes me to one side of the road and... It's just total destruction, total destruction. And I'm like, no way, this can't be. Like, how can anyone allow this to happen, even if the people did it? Like, how does any agency not regulate this? It's so weird to me. And it was my aha moment. I've been having a lot of aha moments lately, too. And that was my one where I just went, wow, there's an actual agency, Cal Fire Logging, is supposed to watch over our, manage our woods, our forest. And they let that happen. But I'm still learning as I go. So I'm trying to figure it out. Across the street, 100 yards over, there's another area, beautiful area. It's where the, all the trails and the walking. And I believe that's where state parks manage. And I was saying, wow, there's such a stark difference between Cal Fire logging management and you can see it with your eyes. You're just looking at it. I mean, it's, it's, you know, acres and acres of destruction of just nothing, just old wood from old cuttings and clear cuttings they've done. And then you go to the other side of the road where they have these blue marks on these big redwoods. Probably, I don't know. what. Do you know how many years old those are? I know they're over 100 years old. I know for a fact those ones were over 200 because I'm asking. I'm trying to learn myself, mm -hmm. right? So, and they're huge, huge. And I'm like, 
How, how can cutting these redwood trees be fire prevention? And it's not calculating for me, but I'm not the activist. You know, I'm just, it's not my vibe. And, well, it wasn't my vibe until I went out to the redwood. Yeah, we'll talk about that soon. So I, I, I'm gathering information. I'm seeing with my own eyes. Now I'm trying to figure out how to tell this story. But I'm, I'm really tied into Coyote Valley and what I'm doing there on my reservation, where during this time we're still trying to figure out how to get through COVID. During this time, I think I, I even graduated college. So I just had a lot of different things going, and I said to myself and I told others that I really can't get involved until June, after June. And uh, between now and then, I start meeting some really cool people. I tend to rally in Fort Bragg. Really cool group of people. Community. To be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure what that, uh, I've never been to a rally with such a cool community, to be honest. And most rallies I see, people are just, you know, going hard at it. And uh, it was after that rally, I realized that this is just a different community. I want to get to know this community over here better. I want to get to know them. And I believe in June comes around and between April and June, I start meeting some really good people out there in the forest and showing me around, showing me the trails, because I want to I wanna go out there and enjoy myself as well and try to gather my thoughts. When I'm out in the redwoods and I'm walking this forest, I can really, really gather my thoughts and put a plan of action together for almost anything I'm working on. It's, it's really amazing how, how more creative you could be when you're outside thinking. I, I recommend that to everybody. They should really try to get outside and think about the next 10 steps they want to do. So I'm doing that, meeting some really good people, some re really good uh, direct action people, my idols. You're one of them, Alicia. Oh, unbelievable, unbelievable people. So I'm getting out there, and I attend this fundraiser, and uh, was it at Casper? And so I run into you there. Right. That was really fun. That was great. <laughs> that was, was great. big, too, the, the uh, Casper Forest Fest. Yes. Yes, that was beautiful. That was my first time really being in a community where everybody literally loved each other. They cared for each other. They're genuine. Of course, every community has its issues, but they're genuine. And uh, I asked my mom, and she's sitting down. I said, I wonder what her perspective She's like me. We're people watchers. We pay attention, you know. And I walked up to her, and I said, hey, uh, these people are pretty cool, huh, Mom? I'm saying, no wonder you hang out with these people over here. And she laughs, and she says, they're really genuine just genuine people and that stuck with me because she's she she's she could fit she's the one that walks into a room and can see what's happening in the room before it happens usually you know and i kind of picked up that skill so i wanted to know what her perspective was and that word was so perfect so perfect and i felt so uh honored to be there i was humbled to be there you know i mean everybody liked me even i was like right on you know <laughs> You walk in, people are cool, people are great, having a great time. As soon as you know, they're playing music on the stage. As soon as you know, uh, um, Anna Marie asked me to introduce my mother, and I introduce my mother. My mother gives, you know, a really inspiring speech, but I'm not, it's uh, different for me. And I'm standing on the stage behind her watching her, and then I'm watching the people react. And I really enjoyed that moment. And I said, you know, I have to get more involved. How do I get more involved? How do I do what we're not already doing? And my strength is political, uh, political action. My strength is legislation and economic, develop economic development. 
And I've been flirting around with trying to do more public relations and get more people involved in my community. And I was just thinking, like, is this, is this that one? Is this the most, I mean, you can't get any more righteous than saving your forest, your, your redwoods, where your people roamed, where your people lived, where all of our sacred sites are, for the most part. And uh, I decided I'm going to take that on. And I'm going to try to do it differently. I'm going to try to see if I could add more value to the movement that we're doing to save our Jackson Demonstration State Forest. So I start going down the political route. And in that political route, I decide I'm going to get Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians to write a letter. I'm going to get the United Pomo Nations Council, which consists of 16 Pomo tribes. The most tribes, I believe, in this district for any state representative, whether you be assembly or senator or even Congressman Huffman, to be, to be honest, I believe. And then I get the Central California Tribal Chairpersons Association to draft the same letter. And I said, oh, you know what, I'm going to go live on Facebook. So if you go live, if you watch, if you add me as a friend, Michael Hunter, and I've been showing every step I do, even before I do it for the most part, so people could be prepared. Because I'm trying to tell the story, but through video, so other people could really see it and be involved. And I started posting on Facebook, and I said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send this, let these letters to Senator McGuire, Assemblyman Wood, and Congressman Huffman. But the most important one was, I say that I got to remember how to say this, it's the California Natural Resources Agency, Secretary Crowfoot. And the tribal liaison is Geneva Thompson, who's a good friend for Indian country. So we thought we had an opportunity to try to get a face to face, get right up in there and let them know. And so I worked with. A few other people, um, John uh, O'Brien, uh, he did a PowerPoint for me with Matt Simmons as well, uh, Epic, which is an environmental protection um, law firm that just does this. It's great. They're great people. It's amazing. So I get these letters. I get it all ready. I send it out. I didn't get a response. And I was like, whoa, I don't know if that's cool, you know? You want to say you want to meet with the tribes, but when the tribal chairman from a tribe in your district sends you these letters, not only that, remember, I got the Pomo tribes to send a letter. I got Central California tribal chairperson to send a letter. No response, but I, other than we received your mail, your email, and Wood actually sent me back a letter saying, stating that he is okay with what is happening basically, but any new THPs he's not cool with, which doesn't do anything for us right now because all our sacred sites are being damaged just for roads, for, for one tree they tear out and put in. And uh, I was, but at least he got back to me. At least he acknowledged me. Huffman's office said, yeah, we received an email. We'll get you, we'll get back to you soon too. They never get back to you, you know. But I, but I was thankful at least Wood gave me his, his point of view. I'm cool with that. We disagree, cold-heartedly disagree. I don't think allowing sacred sites to continue to be damaged is a solution, but hey, he's not interested in Indian country, so that's just where his interests are. So now we fast forward a little bit. I decide I'm going to set up a meeting with Secretary Crowfoot. This has got to be a good dude. He's in charge of the California Natural Resources Agency. In my mind, he must be. Like, he's, he's the man for this issue, right? So I get the California Tribal Chairperson Association to, 
to request Crowfoot to meet with us on September 23rd. So I have it teed up. Crowfoot's going to be there. I uh, get the California Tribal Chairperson Association to also sign on and write a letter on, on behalf of the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. We're asking for a moratorium, basically, in these letters. We're just asking for a moratorium. Let's stop. Let's just stop what we're doing, and then let's reconvene until all parties can figure this out. Because right now, you just can't continue to cut, right? And it's just not, doesn't make sense any, in any direction. Any angle you're looking at doesn't make sense, other than they're doing it for money, period. And that's it. And the state ain't even really making any money off it. So it's just, it's just you know, people helping other people that happen to be indifferent, in, 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 that people that happen to be in power, you know, so they help their old friends out, the people they grew up with, lived with, those kind of things. And so I started seeing this. So... Stephanie and I, we, we go to our annual meeting, the California Tribal Chairpersons Association meeting. Secretary Crowfoot's going to be there. I've already had one tribal consultation process with Geneva Thompson, letting her know, showed her the PowerPoint, all the destruction and everything that's happening. So I, I let her know, say, hey, I, I'm looking for you to actually have answers on September 23rd. It's not a speech moment. You know, I'm telling, I'm saying this stuff because I want them to understand I'm here for action. I'm not here for conversation. And we get to Sacramento and I decide I'm going to put this on YouTube. I'm going to start building a YouTube channel. And I go to the Capitol and I record, Stephanie records me. And she says, you know, I tell them, this is what I'm doing. Basically a story I just told you. And I say, I'm going to go today. I'm going over to meet with all the California Tribal Chairperson Association and Secretary Crowfoot. And so in my mind, I think this is the big moment. This is a big moment. So I get to the, it's at the Kimpton Hotel in Sacramento. So I get there in the conference hall and I, I tell Stephanie, I think we should set this room up. So we set the podium where we want it. We set the big screen right behind my right shoulder so they could see, listen to me, but also see the pictures that I'm posting. And then as time goes on, Crowfoot's a little late. I said, nah, man, matter of fact, we're going to sit him right here. So I cleared out the table. I set it all up. I put people, put my binders there. He has all his information. He's, it's a perfect situation. Set it up great, right? Gave him the opportunity to be on behalf of the tribes. Well, as he introduces himself, I decide, I'm going to put the screen up of the damage that has happened. And he's so oblivious, he doesn't even see the screen. He gets up, and his team gets up and starts talking about how they're helping, <laughs> which there's not one specific idea on how they're, how they're ha helping at all. And so I go up there, and I, and I kind of get my way in there, and I start to take the lead on this. And I said, you know, this is what's happening in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. And he's staring at me like, huh, I'm really interested in you, and I really feel for you. And I'm like, oh, we're connecting. And when I go to the slides and I show him, I say, is this a healthy timber harvest plant, sir? He won't answer. Now his eyes start opening up. So I go down many different THPs. And I'm saying, how is this fire prevention? Is this a healthy timber harvest plant? And I just keep showing him different harvest plants where it's all just dried up wood. I've been, that's just ready for a fire. It's ready for a fire. I mean, acres and acres and acres. Now his eyes start widening. He's starting to see the room a little bit better. He didn't see the room when he first walked in, but he's seen the room a little bit better. And he's starting to look, and he realizes, and he sits back. He sits back in his chair, and he's like, ah, wow. Okay, this is where I'm at. I'm not in a good situation. Keep in mind, the whole time I have Stephanie recording. This is great. It's a moment. And so I'm like, 
I need to get him to come up here on this video and stand with the tribes. So I'm reading the room and I says, you know, can I get the tribal leaders to come up with me? And they all come up and stand behind me. And I said, I said, Secretary Crowfoot, please, please come up and stand with the tribes and tell the people that cutting 150 old redwood trees is not fire prevention and that it's not climate action. Can you please come up? And he sat there. He didn't know what to do. He froze. And that's when I realized he's just a politician. He, he really had no answers. And the game, the whole layout, everything that was happening changed. And he gets long-winded and starts talking about carbon sequestration, but has no specifics on how it's going to happen and how he, he's continued to work with the tribes and enjoys working with the tribes. This, this same rhetoric, right? How many tribes were standing with you? Man, I don't know. You've got to go to my Facebook because you can see a lot of the tribal leaders behind me. I, I don't know. I'm just looking at a different direction, right? I'm more reading him. And he's reading me, and they're standing with me, so they're on my side and kind of behind me. So I'm reading the room differently at this point. And as he goes on, uh, the chairman Mazzetti nudges me like, "Go ahead, you know, it's time to cut this dude off because he's just he's just he's just rattling words and trying to confuse people." One of the words he says is, "Well, see to you and and, and to me that uh, those are just small areas." that are being damaged. And there's, there's uh, in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, there's only 50,000 acres of what we're working on. And so he tries to paint this big picture, right? And I'm like, yeah, but you can't even agree that what I just showed you is not fire prevention. What I just showed you is not going to protect my sacred sites. What I just showed you is actually putting this community at fire risk. And I cut him off and I say, you know, how can we agree? How can we even sit down and talk about tribal consultations when you don't even agree that a cutting 150-year-old redwood trees is not fire prevention? we got to start there. You can't even agree on that. Then I put the picture up. You can't even agree that this is, a, this, this is not a healthy timber harvest plan. And that's when I start really realizing that they don't know. They're just ignorant. They literally are. And as it's the, the, the meeting starts going, I start to realize. He starts to realize. He doesn't join us. The tribes start to realize that the Secretary Crowfoot is not a friend of Indian country. He's just playing the game. You know? So after that, I was really, really bummed. Really bummed because I thought that was the opportunity. I worked hard to get there. I worked hard to get all the tribal leader support into one document and presenting him right there in person, right? And he couldn't, he didn't know what to do. He froze. He just froze. So I looked up his resume and he says, and it reads, he graduated in political science and then mastered in political science of something else, a different degree. And I don't know why I didn't look up that earlier, because I, I would have called him out, but he's just unqualified. And that's when I realized, how in the heck can Governor Gray, I mean, Governor Gray Davis, I was going to say, <laughs> how in the heck could Governor Newsom appoint somebody that graduated in political science to be in charge of our environment, the California Natural Resources Agency? I didn't understand that. I would not... I, you know, I run a government. I don't, I don't put a political person in my EPA. 
department, right? I don't put a, uh, you know, if I'm looking for a CFO, they have to have certain qualifications. How in the heck does the, the secretary of the, natu- of the California Natural Resources Agency not have a job description that says, here's what qualifications you have to meet? Well, because it's all politics. It's all politicians trying to make a difference. And I get that because they're working hard. They really do believe they're doing great things, but they're not on the ground. They're just the people there in that building that are surrounded by the same people that they've been surrounded by for many, many years. And it's our job, and it's my job. And that's why I wanted to do the public relations point of it, because I wanted to show the people, not not because I'm calling the our leaders out, but because I demand more from our leaders. And we should demand more. You should demand more from the leaders. So in that meeting with Secretary Crowfoot, he says, and like I said, you go to my Facebook Live. It's on there. I've, and I video all this stuff. And my Facebook Live, just my Facebook. And so in, my, in that interview, he says, there is no, to my knowledge, there is no logging happening in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. To my knowledge, there's no cutting of redwoods happening in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. He states this. The next, the next day, I received emails of of what was happening and I knew for a fact the logging was happening it was just it wasn't happening in Casper it was happening in Soda Gulch so I said you know what kind of tribal leader am I if I don't go out there and prove him wrong I want I want the tribal leaders to know that this man lied directly to your face but the only way to do that is getting out there in those forests and that's where you started the show off right so yeah yeah so I'm up at four in the morning. I didn't go to sleep all night. Man, you know, you're getting ready for that. So I get out there in uh, Soda Gulch about six in the morning. We hike up there. And right out of the gate, the loggers come out. And this was my first interaction. This is my first direct action moment, too, to be honest, in that type of setting. In the middle of the woods with dudes that don't look like me, people that usually don't like my kind, um, have big chainsaws. It's a scary, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a little bit nerve wracking. And to be honest with you, very scary, very scary. I was scared. Um, didn't know it at the time. The adrenaline's pumping. You really don't know until afterwards and you realize how scared you are. You know, you know, you know, you, you've done the direct action. Yeah, it is. It is scary. And you try to go in with an open heart and uh, try to diffuse whatever sort of confrontation is going on, but it does take a lot of courage to, to do that. Right. And he's trying to figure out the angles, like, what can you do? Are they going to cut that tree anyways? And you're, you're hoping that your video that you're filming at the time is your protection, and then the other people filming you video them just in case someone decided to run that chainsaw down your back. So they start the chainsaws up. They... It's going really loud. I'm probably maybe six feet. I don't know. I'm trying to get as close as I can, but I'm trying to Facebook Live as well and get everybody in the video. It's very hard. It was a moment. It was a very stressful moment. And we stopped them. And after that, I had such an adrenaline rush. I was like, whoa, we actually stopped them. It worked. What? This works? Oh, my God. We need to get more people involved in direct action because that's where it makes a difference until people like me can at least find time to come up with a legislative fix, a political fix, a moratorium to get leaders in the our state leaders uh, 
aware of what's going on in our forest so they could grant a moratorium so we could figure this out. We got to figure this out. So I film it live, Facebook Live, and it's a very scary moment. In, in one of the videos, the guy actually walks up to me. I'm showing him this cut log where the tree's still standing. And I'm saying, how are you a safety officer, and yet you allow like six trees over here to be half cut? That's not safety. And I was asking him, and I bend down to my knees, and I'm like filming where the tree's cut, and, where, uh, and I'm trying to get him in the film too. He kind of sees it. He's seen what's going on. He walks up to me and bumps me, not hard, but just enough. But remember, I'm, I'm sitting like a, you know, on my knees almost, right? Like, like a catcher, if you will. And it kind of gives me off balance. And I kind of fall backwards. Not much, you know? I mean, I, it's been way worse for me before. And I, I laugh because I'm like, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to engage you. He physically bumped you? I mean, I say teabagged. I don't know if you know what that means. No. It's when a male runs up to you and they just put their privates basically on your forehead. And that's what happened. And I had to laugh because it, I, it was funny to me that I allowed that to happen. Number one, I was like, bro, you're lucky I just don't slap you, you know? Mm. Then at the same time, I'm like, that's what you want. But I seen it all coming and he did what I wanted him to do. And he, he thought he did, he was provoking me. And I'm like, mm. bro, you, you, you know, you just got filmed doing that. And so I'm like, ah, here it is, whatever. And now the fire, the chainsaw startup, so I'm getting closer. And we get him to stop. As I walk down him, walk down the hills, and I'm like, oh, no, they came back. They came back one more time. And now I'm more confident. And I did a video, Facebook Live, Facebook closed down. I thought I That's shut down. That's right. That was the morning Facebook was shut down for hours. Yep, you did it. Right after <laughs> I went live, though. So at least we got to go live. I was in the middle of the hills, and I took a Wi-Fi pack. And it worked. I, saw, I was watching you and I was, my jaw dropped. And then so the, the safety officer you're talking about, I think we found out that his name is Paul Truett. And yeah, he is was it hired, the security firm? Uh, yeah, with um, Lear uh, Security. Yeah, he was not even a safety dude. He was like misrepresenting and filming. It was really weird, you know. And um, he kept telling me, like, you guys have to leave. And the, the irony, I was like, let me get this straight. I'm a tribal leader of a Pomo tribe, and I have to leave so you could cut down the woods and to damage my sacred sites, our tribe's sacred sites, Pomo sacred sites. And we have to leave so you could do that. And I'm the one, I'm the, I'm the protester. It just, seems so, it just seems so backwards to me. You know, just that whole game seems backwards to me. So I get on the video. We cut up a video, my, one of our video techs that, that helps me and cut up a video and to prove to the tribal leaders and everybody that Crowfoot directly lied to all of us. He had no problem. Now, I don't think he lied intentionally. I just think that he is so ignorant to what is happening, but now he's choosing to be ignorant. Now, eventually I have to wonder, is it, are you more interested in politics or are you more interested in making a difference in our environment? I think he's more interested in politics because why else would you graduate from political science and master in political science? It's just weird to me, you know, like you want to move up. So I'd start doing some research on the man, come to find out he's in Jerry Brown's office and he just worked his way up. And we're dealing with a politician. And at that moment is when I started doing a lot of 
Well, I've always did a lot of power mapping to try to find out how to get to who was in charge, and that was Crowfoot. Now I started trying to build up some, how do I get beyond that, beyond him, which is to the governor, because the governor appoints him. I just, I don't know. And that the story was kind of in pause there. It was in pause, because I just filmed it. Everybody knows. Now what? But we don't get enough PR. We don't get enough coverage. And people aren't as interested as we need them to be in their own community because they don't want to deal with confrontation. And I understand that. I don't like confrontation. But at some point, don't you have to stand up as a community member and say, no more. Enough is enough. You just got to stop. I'm tired of living in smoke. I'm tired of you guys damaging our forest and pretending to call it fire prevention. It just does not make sense all the way around. Michael, can I ask you a question about yeah. something that happened out in the woods that um, really reverberated, which was, you know, it's been a, during the Jackson demonstration state forest protests uh, that it has been kind of quite sketchy. And at one point, the Cal Fire stopped the logging because they were uh, afraid that someone was going to get hurt in the woods, right? But this time when you were out there, they were logging in Soda Gulch and uh, one of the loggers actually threatened you. Do you want to talk oh, about yeah, that? Oh, yeah, that's the second time they came. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the second time they came, you know, and I, and I, you know, for me, it's really not a threat because old white people have been saying things like this for a long time. I've seen it. I've seen it when my mom was an activist. You know, I've seen how they treat other direct action people. I've seen it. I've just seen it over and over. And I'm filming him, and I say, hey, uh, it's, I'm in the video as well, and I'm filming them. And it's kind of like a selfie, right? And I said, do you? I said, please don't kill me by accident today, because there's already a half a wedge out of this tree, you know? I don't know how much plants I'm cutting, you know? And I asked him, I said, please don't kill me by accident today. But I'm kind of smiling about it, because I'm trying to decompress from the first incident, you know? <clears throat> and uh, the old man, probably about 80-something man, Dusty dude too, just remind me of those guys, you know. Like he said, "Oh, it won't be by accident." And I was like, "Damn," you know. And I laugh in the video. I go, "Well, please don't kill me on purpose either, man. I don't feel like dying today." But you know, that's how easy it is for them. Who says that stuff? To me, it wasn't a threat because I've been threatened way worse. But to peaceful people like yourself, to others, that's a threat because you've seen what it comes to. And we bring back Judy Berry. She was bombed by the government. Think about that. So you've seen the worst. And you've seen how it escalated. But it all starts with those people that just think they could talk like that out loud. They think they could talk like that out loud because the community, our community, says, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. You know, just in the, the week later, or within days later, some, some dude drives by with a mask on, no license plates, and a truck, and throws bullet shells at some, of the, uh, at some of the protesters that are out by the gate. And I'm like, and then you see people in our community go, that's not even a threat, just empty bullet cases. And I'm like, oh, man, you must not have ever put yourself out in the middle um, between you know, another group and something you truly believe in. Like at, at that point, I wonder if you lack purpose, to be honest, you know, if you can't see that. But a lot of people don't put themselves in the way or in the middle and try to save something worth saving. And so therefore, they don't have people saying things like that, throwing gun shells at people. You know, they don't know. 
And so that, that, that one was, it was, uh, it was a mixed emotion for me because I know a lot of my friends and people that care for me um, didn't like that and took it as a threat. And then you got me standing there going, ah, you're just an old punk. You're just that old dude that's been doing this to my people since you've been here. And so I, I never really took it so much as a threat because I always feel like I'm pretty much being threatened every time I go out into areas where I'm not liked, you know. So I always have to be careful. I always have to sit in certain corners of the room and make sure I have my back to the wall and I can see the room. So that's how I learned, you know. I learned how to read the room because of that. I've been in a lot of situations as a, as a tribal leader uh, where you're not liked. And I've seen my mother in a lot of situations where, as a tribal leader, where she was not liked, you know, and I have to make sure I'm around just to protect her. So I'm looking around the room different than most people do. You know, I'm looking around in the room like more security. So I've seen all this. And for me, I'm just like, ah, that's just your old rhetoric, bro. Mm -hmm. That's just your old rhetoric. And I'm no longer scared of that rhetoric. I don't think I've ever been as scared of that rhetoric, but I'm worried. I mean, there's a difference between being scared and worried, right? Like now I find myself going into stores and looking around. And so as we fast forward just a little bit, Senator McGuire was the only one that never responded to my letters. Like didn't even say, hey, I received it. But yet we go back and forth on other emails regarding another issue. So I know they get the emails. I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Senator McGuire's um, fundraiser in Windsor. I get invited. I go there. And this was yesterday, yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday. This is a trip. It was a trip. So I'm driving to go park, and the people are walking my direction going in. So you have to drive past the people that are coming in. And I was wondering why I felt so nervous and a lot of anxiety. And I come to the uh, aha moment where I was like, ah, it's because nobody looks like me. That's why I'm nervous, man. So I go on my Facebook and I say that. I'm getting comfortable to be able to say that and, and be vulnerable um, to, you know, live or be vulnerable uh, amongst more people than just my circle, you know. And um, it's, it's becoming fun because I'm finding out a lot of different things about myself. And when you could talk about things about yourself, you could actually evolve the conversation that's happening, you know. And then when you go into those situations again, you could handle it better. But this is my first one. It's, it, was, it was different. It's at a winery, you know, and I'm like, Democrats. You know, and I it just, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was just uh, unknown. I felt nervous. I put it on my Facebook, and and I did a poll. And it, it says 63% said yes, they'd feel nervous. And 37%, what is 27%? What that math is? 27% say no. And I'm like, what? Like, I thought it would be like 99%. I thought I was just conquering everything, you know. No, okay, just one-third, two-thirds agree with me, you know, on this. So uh, I get there, I walk in. And I'm looking around. Nobody looks like me again, you know. And I finally find my table, and I get introduced to the tables. And right next to me is Cal Fire. They were either a major. They, I mean, we we're a sponsored table, and they were, had the same setup I did, and looked like they were a sponsored table. And I was like, How does Cal? How can Cal Fire sponsor political events, or are they just invited because they're friends? Like, dang, I, like you got invited because you're a friend or you sponsored? I don't understand that. So that's one thing we have to figure out, community. Can Cal Fire sponsor political events? So anyways, I'm sitting there, and I see McGuire talking. He's doing a great job. I love this dude. He's cool. He's really cool. He's trying to inspire, you know? He's just, uh, like I said, he's just ignorant to what's going on. 
you know, and his group of friends um, are the logging company, you know, that's why, you know, or Cal Fire, logging, those guys, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, and then I, so I get this video, and I'm like, the guy standing with his Cal Fire shirt on the logos on his back, and Senator McGuire's doing a pie eating contest, which is fun, I guess, you know, it's cool, and I get the video, and I'm filming McGuire speak with Cal Fire logo on the on this guy's shirt, and I was like, "Wow, that's that's a, that's an interesting that's an interesting perspective." Cal Fire does not like me, I don't think, and I really don't know them to be honest as individuals, but uh, I know they know me. They say my name a lot, and I'm like, "I could get this video. I'm at your guys's fundraiser. I could get this video with your logo on your shirt." with Senator McGuire speaking right right in front of you all in one video. I was like, that, it's, that's just too easy. You know, like, it's just right out in front even. I'm like, they're not even trying to pretend as if, as if they're being neutral between Cal Fire and the tribes and the Pomo tribes. They're not even trying to pretend. We didn't get invited, just so you know. So if Cal Fire can't sponsor and they got invited personally, I didn't. None of the tribes of us. I didn't see no tribal leaders around. <clears throat> and so I was, so I'm sitting there thinking about this, and it's all happening right there, and right, and I'm just watching. I'm watching, I'm watching the game. I'm just people watching, and with intent. And I start to realize that, ah, uh, these guys are all friends. And then Senator McGuire says, like I say, he's a good dude. I like him. And he says, I'd like to thank all the people that have been with me through all the different, um, I think he's on school board and all the way up to senator and he was thanking them and he, and he says john Connolly, i'd like to thank him and because we go way back something like that and i was like ah uh, you did you just say you go to the same high school do you go what does go way back mean i didn't i, didn't, I need to know that like how does John Connolly get to sit at your fundraiser. I I just happen to get invited from the Inland Mendocino County Democratic Club. And yet you cannot reply back to one of my emails. I felt disrespected. But at the same time, I really liked the guy at the same time. I was, it was mixed emotions. And I realized, and I'm still coming to the realization. It just happened yesterday. I'm trying to figure out. Like, I'm trying to figure out. Is that the political game? Or do you just happen to know each other because that's your circle? And as a tribal leader, do I have to, what more do I have to do to get your attention? I went to your fundraiser even. What more do I have to do to get your attention to let people know, to let you know, Senator, that Cal Fire logging is damaging every sacred site, federally, rec federally registered sacred sites. These are registered sacred sites. Might be by the state, but I think federal. Registered sites. So it's not as just something I just claim they are. These are registered. And I can't even get an email back. But yet you invite these guys to sit at your table in the front. And then not only that, you acknowledge them over and over. I have a feeling that the tribes just aren't invited to the table when it comes to something of substance. I'm curious about this, Michael, because over the weekend I learned something, um, a, a big kind of development in Jackson Demonstration State Forest. Uh, Jason Lyles of McGuire's office called EPIC, 
called Tom Wheeler up at Epic, and Tom told me himself that Jason had, had told him that Mike McGuire reports that he supports an immediate moratorium and that Wood supports a, a moratorium on new plans in Jackson State, and he is going to set up a meeting this week to talk with Wood about how to move forward. Um, this is really it's kind of breaking news it's really an important step forward but i'm sort of surprised that his office didn't call you yeah they're not interested in in a native american perspective that's just what it comes down to they're interested in doing the tribal consultations and talking and pretending so they could state that they've been meeting with us but they're not really interested but you know it doesn't matter right if you're interested in um, more what this community thinks versus the first people of this community um, and it stops and it puts a moratorium on the Jackson Demonstration State Forest from, from logging, so be it. I'm cool with that. But I haven't seen it in writing. I heard a lot of people talking. I've seen the political game. They do those kind of games, and they write it out, and they talk it out. And as soon as you know, you're into a new year while another 100 redwoods were cut. And so for our game, it's a little bit different, right? Every day we wait, a redwood gets cut. So at some point we can no longer wait. And that's where I am as a tribal leader. I wanted to go and tell Senator McGuire face to face in a good way and bring more awareness and just say, hey, this is, you, the Cal Fire logging is damaging all of our sacred sites in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. And I need you to step up and I need you to call for a moratorium. And I wanted to do that because that was my last ditch effort to let him know that I will be I will be asking for the tribal leaders, Pomo tribes, and tribal members in this community to protest his office if I cannot get him to do that. I don't want to do that, but if I have to, we will protest in front of McGuire's, Woods, and Huffman. And they're, they're supposedly three friends of ours. I don't know. But when it comes to the biggest issue of all in their own community, they're not willing to listen to us. So I have to figure out a way to get their attention. And I think the only way to get their attention is to protest them, is to get hundreds of Native Americans out in front of their offices, their local offices. But I don't know. I'd hate to call for a protest and there's only 10 of us. I don't know where our community is. I don't know where Indian country is. I don't know where my Pomo people are on this. I don't know if they want to do protest. I'd rather have rallies. I'd rather have rallies and give the opportunity for Assemblyman Wood, Senator McGuire, and Congressman Huffman to speak at on behalf of, of the tribes. I'd rather do that, but it doesn't seem as if I'm getting their attention. And the one thing I know, learned from my mother, protest will get their attention. You know, and that's kind of where we're at today, is do I protest? What do you think? Do I think that... <laughs> I mean, from my background, you know, I, I, it would be hard for me to say, no, I mean, I think protests are incredibly effective. And I think direct action is incredibly powerful. And, you know, these you come to these tactics when the political system is failing to do the right thing, right? And we live in this capitalistic society, we live in this capitalist economy where trees have no value until they're cut down. And that thinking has brought us to the brink of ecological collapse on the whole planet. And that collapse is going to affect everybody, but a lot of people are going to suffer who don't have access to the, you know, the elite, the upper echelons of power. And, um, and also, you know, the forest is our, our potential, um, 
savior. Exactly. The four, like we're talking about saving the trees, but the trees are what's going to save us. Well, the trees and the plants are what pull in the carbon, right? And and so if we have all this carbon in the air, you need something to pull it in to clean it. Basically, it's, that's how I'm yeah. trying to learn it myself. Still, the only clean thing it, we and actually then it lets have. it out. It's yep. the only thing that's the solution. Yep. And we're cutting. It just makes zero sense. You know, so I don't know. I don't know how much longer I'm willing to sit back and not start protesting because I feel like I did everything I possibly could. I brought it to their attention. They, they, they know, they get my emails. They know who I am. We talk. So it's not as if I'm just some dude they don't know. They get it and they're just refusing to act. And being a leader, a tribal leader, um, of a reservation in Mendocino County, but being affected by the actions that our, that our state representatives are not taking on behalf of our community, I have to step in. I have to do something. I can't just, what kind of tribal leader would I be if I allowed them to continue to do this? I'm tired of living in smoke. I am. It's ridiculous. But there's one thing to say. And this is the one thing why Facebook Live too is we're not trying to say loggers shouldn't make money. Logging companies may not, but the loggers, we're not trying to say that the logging company shouldn't make, or the loggers shouldn't make money. There's hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that the government is approving for cleanup. When they say cleanup, what they're really meaning is come out and take out all the old trees that they cut down, left behind, and take them out. So they'll get paid twice. But hey, it is what it is. We need a solution. Pay the loggers. Use that money to pay the loggers to clean up the damage that they already created. That's what has to happen. They're the ones with the big chainsaws. Cut it up, take it out, clean it out. And the skills. And the skills. Yeah, so we're not saying, we're not saying uh, go jobless and not be able to feed your families. We're saying, no, Cal Fire, pay them to clean up your forest. Just stop paying them to cut down your forest. I mean, it's really that simple. It's not hard if you really think about it. All we're saying is you still get to get paid. The difference is you're going to cut up all the old wood you left for decades, clean it up, pull it out. That way when a lightning hits, it's not going to hit a matchbox. It's going to hit ground. We need, it, just, it needs to be more responsible. And the fact that our state representatives, our local state representatives and our congressmen have turned a blind eye to this is very, very scary to me. And I don't know what to do next other than protest. And I don't want to protest because I think Wood, McGuire, and Huffman are, are good people. They care. But they're not here. They're not located in Mendocino County. They're Hillsburg. They're Santa Rosa. They're Humboldt. They're not in our county. We're not represented in this county. That's what I see. We don't have representation in this county. And that's why I was thinking on this radio show, I'm going to announce that I'm running for governor for the Green Party. No, I'm just teasing, but I really want to. I've been thinking about it, you know. I was like, but I don't even know what that does. But, you know, I was like, man, I've seen some people run for the Green Party. That might, would that get me on the same stage to where I could just call this nonsense out? Like, let's be real. I feel like if I'm on a stage, you know, say we're doing a debate for fun, right? I'm on the stage. Newsom's there. I know I'm not going to win. It's a Green Party, but it gives me the platform to say, hey, why did you hire somebody in the California Natural Resources Agency with, with a degree in political science, not environmental? 
And I'm going to start, I want to be able to start power mapping to find out who these key people are in these agencies that are supposed to be thinking about this and let's see if they're qualified. We don't have time to educate the experts. They're supposed to be experts in those positions. We don't have time to educate them. We need experts in those positions to educate us, to help us. And we stand behind them. Right now, we're standing behind a bunch of politicians. Mm -hmm. Good people, good people, good hearts. But I think they just might, you know, if you wear dress shoes, slacks, dress shirt every day, you're not out there. You're just in a brick building somewhere. Talking about the, talking to the same people that you've been talking to over and over. And the people that are at their tables, like I said, not the Indians. It was Cal Fire. Like I literally went to one and the people at the table were Cal Fire, not me. I just happened to get in there. And the meeting, I mean, I was so bummed. I was bummed. The meet, it just didn't go well at all. I thought, were you able to talk with Senator McGuire at all? No. He was emceeing a fun event, you know, like I said, he's doing pie eating contests. And he gets pretty high energy during yeah, those. Yeah, he's a cool cat. I really dig him. But I don't think he's interested in me. I don't think he's interested in Pomo country. He's most definitely not interested in Mendocino County, Jackson Demonstration State Forest, enough to make a difference. Because I'll tell you this, we could take every listener, every person watching on Facebook right now, we could take all the senators, all assembly persons, all of our local board of supervisors, take them down one road, a mile off of Highway 1, and take them 100 yards to the left, and you'll see total destruction of a forest that is waiting to go up in flames because Cal Fire logging is managing it. And then we'll take you on the right side of the road, another 100 yards to the right, where it's being managed by the state parks, California state parks. And it's beautiful. But I can't get the senator out there. I can't get the assemblyman out there. I can't get congressmen out there. As a matter of fact, they're more interested in talking to the local community than they are us. So I'm not getting anywhere with them. <sighs> I feel like I got the protests. I don't know. Oh, no. Oh, my God. It's so stressful. But it's been a journey. I found myself. You know, you start to find yourself and who you really are when you could go up into those forests and stand six feet away from a chainsaw. And I, remember, this ain't Halloween. This is a dude with a you know six-foot chainsaw blade. And they don't like me. You know, they don't like my kind. I... I, you know, you find that, that inner spirit, mm -hmm. that fire mm -hmm. that you have, you know, and I've always had it. My mother always taught me, she says, you have that fire in your belly, that spirit, but, uh, you gotta, you gotta refocus it. So it actually, you know, has some sort of, you know, resolution at the end, right? You know, you gotta come to, you gotta come to some sort of, uh, you got, you, whatever you do with that energy that you have to focus it to where it has a good outcome. And so I try to do that. And in that particular moment, that energy and that fire was lit so, so uh, hot. Mm -hmm. um, and I managed it. And I was able to let the dude try to bump me, instigate mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. I, was I was able to allow a guy standing behind me, three dudes with big old chainsaws, and film. Because I wanted the people to know what is happening in their backyards. I worry that our community here in Mendocino County is turning a blind eye on purpose. Because they don't want to know what's happening. The debate is over whether you can continue to log and demonstrate a healthy environment. That debate is over. We did that debate in 1992, 1990, when all the mills closed because they clear-cut everything. I don't understand how my generation, I don't understand how the younger generation, and I don't understand how our social media warriors aren't focusing on these issues. I just don't understand, and I'm trying to do my best to bring awareness to it.
but I sometimes wonder if we're failing or not. And I don't like to, I don't like to lose either. It's never been my style. I don't like to take anything on that we can't win. But this one I think we'll win. I do believe that with or without Senator McGuire's help, with or without Assemblyman Wood's help, with or without Congressman Huffman's help, with or without Secretary Crowfoot help, we're going to get that moratorium. If that means us protesting every single day at one office for a week straight, we'll go to, we'll plan it out right now. We'll start off with McGuire since you didn't even reply back, bro. So we're going to start off with McGuire. We'll do Wood because he says it's okay to just continue doing what we're doing, but no, no, no more. And we'll do Huffman. That's my boy too, but he's just absent. He don't care. He ain't replying back to us. So, and then after that, I think we take it to Sacramento and we go to Crowfoot's and then we go to the Capitol. But I think we have to protest those four to let them know that they have to get off the fence and make a difference now. We can no longer sit back. I'm not sitting back. I was out there in the woods doing their job. Like, how are they not out there? I can't even get them to go to the area where I told you where you have a forest managed by Cal Fire and then a forest managed by State Parks. And it shows you the stark difference. I mean, it's, the contrast is huge. I can't even get them to go there. But yet, I'm out there in those woods hiking up, you know, two-hour hike to get these loggers on video so they can see what's happening. Right. Well, Michael, it is getting close to the end of the show, so I feel like I should tell everybody this is Pomo Perspective. You're listening to Michael Hunter. He's the host of Pomo Perspective. This show comes to you every third Monday from 9 to 10 a.m., um, can we mention again about our fundraising yes, efforts? Yes, please do. We need, we need help. We need help here. The only way we're able to do this and get on here, get on live and share what's going on in, in our county is by fundraising. And you can support programs like Pomo Perspective here at KZYX by going to kzyx.org and clicking the donate button. We have a couple of thank yous from people who have done just that. Keith appreciates Michael Hunter and Alicia Bales. The show is informative as well as entertaining. And Lauren says thank you for the thoughtful programming, prayers, and gratitude. Thank so you. thank you. But I think we have about a minute or two left. Anything you want to wrap up with? Yes, reach out to your senator, reach out to your assembly person, reach out to your congressman, and tell them that Pomo tribes will be protesting them unless they step up. I don't know if that'll really go anywhere, but it's worth a shot. <laughs> well, uh, you also <laughs> talked about your social media yes, outreach. Do you want yes. to tell people how to follow find me, it? Yes, follow me, Michael Hunter, on Facebook. And then Instagram is tribal underscore chairman. And I'm just trying to bring the information out to you guys so you don't have to get up there and hike in those hills. I'll do the work. But I need you to be there with us when we need you. And I'm not sure that you can hear this kind of radio anywhere else in the world. I think Pomo Perspective, the voice of indigenous tribal leaders who are active in their communities. Now we're not about the history or, you know, the museums or anything. We're about today, contemporary right. local native issues and politics that are going on. I'm not sure that that's available anywhere else. I don't think so. I think this is a good perspective that we have going on here. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. And remember, it's not just about what we're doing, but it's about how we've been doing it and how we've been succeeding, not just all the bad things that you hear about in your schools. Right. And if you support this kind of radio, groundbreaking, I think, kzyx.org, show your support and appreciation for Michael Hunter bringing uh, his perspective to KZYX and to the whole community of Mendocino County. Michael, thank you so much. Great to see you. I look forward to next next month. 
Yes. And bye for now, everyone. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.